Hi everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Pest Control. Today, we are going to be recapping the first season, which is everything from episode one all the way to episode 15, arcs one through five. This is the whole shebang. Real quick, I have a couple people here with me today. Do you all want to introduce yourselves? Uh, let's start with you, William. Hi, I'm William, they, them, and I, uh, in the first season, I played Keely, yeah, Keely Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> So I see um, I'm I'm the I'm the first victim of uh, <laughs> of my naming convention. This is great. I, I get to learn. So we didn't use it much in the first season, if at all. But I just remembered uh, Henry, my character's last name. I'm Jonas Newhouse. They them. And I uh, in the first season played Henrietta Sam. Uh, she her. Oh, Henrietta Sam. Yeah. Mm. And also it was, I hear, it was like, an L S A L M. Like, like salmon. salmon. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sam, speaking of Sam, uh, I'm going to give you a clean one really quick of me not fucking up the name and you can, and you can choose Wait, whichever but... one you want <laughs> and you can, and I said, you can choose whichever one you want. That's what I'm saying. You can follow it up with, with yourself, Jonas, just cause like, but, uh, hi, I'm William, they, them. And I was playing Keely Stewart, the expert, she, her in the first season. Hi, uh, I'm. Sure, yeah. You know what, Sam? Why not? <laughs> um, hi, I'm Jonas Newhouse. In season one, I played Henrietta Sam, she, her. And it's Sam with an L, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So before we actually get into things today, we're going to make this a pretty tight recording so that for anyone who wants the meat and potatoes of what happened in the first season without going back and listening to the first 15 episodes, they can have it. But before we do that, we're going to be spoiling the entire season. And I will just say from the bottom of my heart, I think that the first season of our show was fantastic. I think I was firing on all cylinders. I think William was firing on all cylinders. I think Jonas was firing on all cylinders. I think Sam was firing on all cylinders. Everyone was firing on all cylinders. We ran out of cylinders. Yeah, we ran out of cylinders. There's no understand. cylinders left. It is the thing that I have worked on that I'm proudest of doing creatively, uh, which is wild to say. and makes me so, so nervous about the second season, but it genuinely is great. And I want to give you one last chance here to turn back now and go listen to those original 15 episodes. There's only 15 of them. I don't feel like we're really asking too much. You can find the live streams for season one if you would prefer to be able to, to watch these at bit.ly forward slash pest control live. No spaces and no caps. That being said, I totally understand that there are audio issues that may prevent people from being able to get through those episodes. They were originally recorded as live streams, so the audio quality may not be up to where we are now or where we'd like it to be if it was a perfect world. But it was good, and I think you should listen to it. If you're okay with everything being spoiled, you can stick around with us here. I just wanted to get that one last pitch out before we get started. I, th I think that it's great. I think we were all... I think we were all incredible. I, I'll say this. I I think that Sam was born to GM Monster of the Week. I yeah. and it's a, it is a it feels a, very correct. A, a GM at the top of their game using a game that they are at the top of. That's how I feel. So if it's something if that entices you, I think I think I did a particularly good job. I think that Jonas and Sam uh, Sam Dar, who is not here, yeah. but is like also uh, mm -hmm. in the first season and is in the second season as well. Yeah, incredible. Extremely, 
yeah, extremely good cast of characters, mm-hmm. I think, as a as a team that we all made. And I, I, I think my character Henrietta is one of my favorite characters that I've ever played or or thought up. And it's also a rare story that like I, there's so many stories that I'm like, uh, I don't know. It, it, it especially in a tabletop campaign, it's so short and concise and so like conclusive and full. And and I really appreciate that as someone who also loves you know 150. 400 episode whatever campaigns that are extremely good and like also develop over time it's a really nice like more it, it, it's compact i guess and i'm really impressed with sam's ability to like get us ultimately like though though we cared about our characters a lot we were still being kind of like wacky tabletop players dealing with serious situations a lot of the time and sam was really able to take that fun and sculpt it towards a good story that we were all really uh, invested in telling so yeah if you love to laugh if you love to cry if you love to cry <laughs> laughing if you love to laugh crying it's mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm, it's the show mm-hmm. for you so without further ado now we are in spoiler zone this is your last warning spoilers ahead here there be spoilers spoiler time hey can we all really quick actually just fire off our favorite spoiler from from season one? Oh, my favorite <laughs> spoiler is that uh my favorite spoiler is the chilin reveal mm. it, it still it still gets me every single time even though it's not it's not held off for that long the like reveal of what Shilin uh, that Shilin is a myriad and is this like giraffe thing mm. with scales and horns is one of my favorite moments in the whole show yeah uh, my my favorite spoiler is henrietta's child oh, oh. yes now leviathan mm. That one. I was going to say, which one? Oh, yes. Good point. It, it was the one that <laughs> oh, yeah. Sam said. It was the one mm-hmm, that Sam mm-hmm. said. That was, yeah. And I had that from the beginning. Anyway, like, I mean, like Sam and I were talking about that. <laughs> I mean, like, not that exactly, but that, like, there was, like, uh, the, the we, you told me that something was up with Exactly. The, that, that character existed yeah. from the beginning, but I had no idea what it was going to be at the end. And that was yeah. really exciting to see what Sam had been thinking. Because what I mean is, like, Sam had, like, been aware of there was going to be something from the beginning. And I had yep. no idea what it would be. Anyway, yeah, um, my my favorite spoiler. I mean, my favorite spoiler is probably early, and it is like the Henrietta um, reveal that will. Oh probably yeah, get to in yeah, that's in the minutes. first episode. It's first episode, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If not, I was gonna say, yeah, Henrietta's kid, but I meant yeah. the other one. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jamie. I, I like know. I like that Jamie has multiple reveals throughout the yeah. show. <laughs> Jamie, yeah, <laughs> Jamie and, was an and, honor to play as well. And I'm so excited to get into it. Let's do it. Episode one. Episode, well, okay. Arc, well. arc one. <laughs> <laughs> Scene one. We're outside Scene the dirge. It's raining. We're actually we're just going to be Sam's performing. Us story. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys the scripts, and we're actually just going to oh. be performing these word for word. I've been listening um, to audiobooks at 1.5 speed. I can talk so fast. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, no, no. Uh, I think the best way to do this would be to do a quick summary of each arc, talk about it a little bit, and then move on to the next one. Cool. So let's start with uh, arc number one. This arc is called The Dirge. Uh, really, really quick summary. Uh, Henrietta, Keeley, and Sam's character, Maggie, all show up at a hotel in the town of Huntsville uh, during a rainstorm. Uh, Keeley has been staying there for a while, is now living in the hotel. Henrietta is there searching on, on like a, a road trip to find the country's best pools. And Maggie arrives there after her car breaks down. 
the three of them uh sort of sort of due to Keeley's wheedling uh become friends uh keely realizes that henrietta is a selkie uh and they realize that something strange is going on in the hotel they begin to be scratched or have a a hair pulled or you know sort of begin to see phantom things uh going on and they realize there are two pest control people that are here uh taking care of something uh, and Maggie sees one of them pulling industrial containers of salt out of their pest control van and realizes that they are not in fact pest control, that they are monster hunters. Someone you met inside of the dirge uh, as well was Henry Sweezel, uh, who was a sort of uh, rat-like or weasel-like man who was en route to VacuCon in California. Uh, as the three of you begin to grow closer and investigate a little bit more, you realize that what is happening is there is a monster here that is composed of hands uh, that are reaching up through the vents, through the drains, uh, and are plucking people's DNA. And after they have access to DNA, they're able to exclude themselves from your sight, effectively turning them invisible to people that they have gathered DNA from. Uh, the two pest control people, which are Marty, who is an older man, and Martin, who is a younger <laughs> chosen one. I forgot about that. That's uh, so cute. Me too. I forgot about that until I was listening to the first thing. I was like, oh, fuck. They, that, that, that name joke, by the way, is all over the like this show. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. In ways we won't even talk about tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll look forward to season two, everyone. Yeah. The three of you team up with Marty and Martin to, <laughs> uh, help take down this monster. Uh, Martin, uh, it, it ends up getting hurt, gets his foot, uh, burnt, severely burnt. And Marty ends up being killed. And you discover that, uh, the monster is actually a sort of parasite has grown out of the body of the former mayor of the town who was bricked up into the wall, uh, into the concrete of the hotel's basement. Uh, you go down into the basement, kill the uh, the heart, manage to destroy the heart, uh, and the dirge, which was being kept, uh, um, you know, upright by these various hands, then collapses around you and you make your escape. Uh, Keely ends up uh, losing her eye to a piece of shrapnel. And after this point, Martin walks with a cane that is that doubles as his chosen one's sword. Mm -hmm. He can basically magically change it into a sword. Yeah, Mar Martin was Sam's uh, PC, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, Martin was myself. The, the, the party yeah. NPC, I think, is the official yeah. term. But yeah. Also, uh, I don't know if maybe it was mentioned, Maggie is a witch. And I, we find out, at least in this, that Maggie has like magic abilities. Get out of here. The other thing that happens with Maggie is that she forgets her family. Uh, a spell that she casts goes wrong. Oh, yeah. And she forgets her coven and, and the people she was raised with uh, and her last name. So that, that is basically what happens in the first arc, the first two episodes. Um, do y'all have anything two else episodes? to add? That's two episodes. No baby. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wow. didn't even do three. 
episodes? Mm-mm. Huh. Nope. That's why it's 15 is because we did four on the last arc. Okay. So I gotcha. two, we'll three, 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 we'll four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I have nothing that's else so to cool. add. Nope, that's great. Okay. Great. So arc number two, Garinger, picks up basically right where we left off. We see Maggie Keeley, Henrietta, and Martin as they spend some time in Huntsville recovering from their injuries and getting ready to go west with Martin. Martin reveals that Marty basically told him that he had another chosen one uh, task to accomplish on the west coast or, or somewhere west of here. And that they were actually en route to that and were sort of dealing with monsters on the way. And he invites Keeley, Maggie, and Henrietta to come with him and sort of fulfill that prophecy. At the same time, we learn that Martin has already fulfilled his chosen one prophecy. He killed a being called the Grand Demon. Uh, he was he was basically plucked out of high school by Marty, uh, killed the Grand Demon, you can you can cut this out, Sam. You can cut uh-huh. this out of this. Uh-huh. But no yep. but knowing some things that happened in our zero session for season two. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. You might uh, well Yeah, no, I'm we not don't have to say get anything. into it. We don't have I'm to not gonna say it. anything. Okay. I All see. Right. We pick up back in Huntsville. Uh everyone is recovering from their injuries. Uh Henrietta <laughs> I had forgotten the Z Telltale. I was re-listening to it. Henrietta captains a swim team for a Whoa. while. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Really? Say that again. Yeah, Explain yeah. That. Henrietta Lovely. is the is the coach of a swim a swim team in Huntsville for like for like a month or that's something. That's so cool. I forgot about that too. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's like foreshadowing her being a mother a little bit. Like her her yeah, her totally for children basically. Which yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another thing we should mention. Uh, Henrietta also begins to drop hints in these first two arcs about a figure called the Sailor, mm-hmm. uh, who um, I think at first we are led to believe is like this person from like the 1800s who was on like a wooden ship and whatever. Uh, and we slowly, through through hints that Henrietta drops, begin to learn that he's like a dude from like who like is currently from, like, alive New England I think yeah from like New England uh who stole her, her who stole her selkie skin and basically kept her captive uh or or some version of captive for a period of years um so uh after recovering in Huntsville the crew heads back out on the road Uh, While they are on the road, they discover an envelope of tickets left behind by Marty, uh, which uh, there are six tickets, all with a QR code and an address that does not have a state uh, and has multiple sort of locations throughout the country. Uh, Keeley uses one of them, uh, which tells her that she is like checked in to something. and they sort of set those aside for, for the remainder of the arc. Um, they are pulled over after Maggie. Uh, there's a mishap with the taillight of the pest control van. Oh. And Maggie sort of accidentally melts it. They are pulled over by the sheriff of a small town named Geringer. Uh, and the sheriff basically leads them into town and puts a boot on the van and tells them they are not allowed to leave until the taillight is fixed. How are you going to fix it? Sorry. 
<laughs> I gotta take it also, somewhere. Yeah, also tells them that there's no way to, no place to fix it in town. Uh, it's a whole thing. But the sheriff, yeah, Fuck he sucks. The, cops. the crew head into the local diner, the Conseco Diner and Rest Stop, in order to try to find someone to help repair their taillight. While they are in there, they come upon a couple of notable people. The first is a woman uh, who wanders inside and has a photo of herself and what appears to be her daughter, but doesn't seem to know who that daughter is, is sort of asking around town, trying to figure out if anybody knows who this person in the photograph might be. We also meet a mysterious uh, uh, Chinese man with gold painted fingernails, a quite handsome person. Uh, who Keeley is immediately suspicious of uh, and uh, sort of tries to interrogate a little bit um, and asks whether he is a monster or a monster hunter, at which point he basically gets up from the diner and, and leaves without giving her a definitive answer. The officer who pulled them over is named Tobias Bacon. His son, Thomas Bacon, is another person that we meet at the diner and he is working there uh sort of in the kitchen um maggie uh gets up while uh henrietta and uh keely are sort of doing some investigating oh god i, I should mention this as well uh as they head into the diner the trio of hunters decide to leave martin behind in the van to basically keep an eye on things while they are looking for someone to fix the taillight uh, Maggie goes off on her own while Keely and Henrietta are investigating to go use the restroom and is ambushed by a creature in one of the stalls, a creature that looks a little bit like it's about the size of a bulldog, but it has this weird slimy kind of translucent skin and these large uh, orb-like eyes and probably most notably a series of syringe-like teeth uh, that just spill out of its mouth and it lowers itself down by the tail and chops Maggie on the head. Uh, and as she flees and heads back to uh, her, her um, fellow hunters in the diner, we begin to realize the effects of that bite, which are that the other hunters need to roll to remember who Maggie is. Um. That, that is that is going to be a consistent element of this arc is memory loss people other people forgetting you after you are bitten by one of these creatures uh Henrietta does a little bit more uh investigating goes up on the roof of the diner and meets uh four kids uh Z Hemingway Kyra Wolf Chuck Joyce and Ahmed Kafka who are skateboarders that are kind of using the roof of the diner to uh, you know, just, to, to, just kind of, uh, you know, get some, get some board time in, uh, she sort of reveals to them that magic is real after she teleports off of the roof, uh, and then heads off into the cornfield behind the diner to look for the creature that bit into Maggie. Uh, she does not find the creature. She finds that it looks like someone sort of like rendezvoused with it and picked it up and left but she does find a um a burnt area of cornfield where it looks like evidence of 
someone's personal belongings have been destroyed. Uh, the hunters then follow the woman with the photograph of herself and the younger woman back to her house. Uh, her name is, is um, Helen Vino. Uh, and as they are investigating the house, they stumble across a couple other areas of burnt cornfield. Oh, and Maggie animates one of the corn cobs in order to try to learn more about this. Uh, and it yeah. has the most horrible voice I've ever done for an NPC in anything ever. Let's hear it. <clears throat> Let's hear it. I don't know if I have it anymore. Yeah, I think I it might be one and done. Like, wasn't it? William, wasn't it something like I'm a corn or something? It was like that. It was like it was like high pitched Scooby Doo character. Yeah. You all arrive at the Vino Farms where you see several a trio of these creatures that attacked Maggie on the roof and uh, uh, sort of making their way into the house. Henrietta, with her new ability, teleports you all inside where you discover a room that is like barren of anything. And uh, Helen and Dustin Vino, you reveal to them that uh, you believe that there are monsters here to hunt them while Maggie seals the house from any monsters entering except Selkies. Then there is a knock at the door and you all answer to see the handsome Chinese man that you had seen in the diner. Uh, he introduces himself as Shilin, but cannot enter through the door, which reveals that he is some form of monster. He tries to, uh, to explain that he is there to help, but his answers do not satisfy Henrietta, who teleports outside and tackles him, <laughs> at which point at which point he turns into his true form, which is a large giraffe-like creature with golden scales and antlers, uh, and basically tells you that he is an agent of a group called MRS, uh, M-R-S, which stands for Myriad Relocation Services. Uh, they are a non-governmental body who basically works to move uh, cryptids and other types of monsters out of uh, humanity's way so that they are not discovered and then hunted. Uh, a, a, a noble goal. Uh, y'all returned to the diner to fill Martin in and get him on your team to hunt down these creatures. And you realized that someone had taken him from the back of the van. You, Henrietta, gathered everyone and teleported to Martin's location. Oh, yeah, because I know him well. Yep. And realized that Martin was tied up and beat up uh, in the house of the sheriff and the uh, kid who was working in the kitchens. Um, you were ambushed by Thomas Bacon, the kid, uh, who shot Keeley with a shotgun. I saw, shot several of you with a shotgun uh, and basically put up a real fight against the three of you as uh, Maggie battled to keep the three monsters uh, from getting in. Um, Get uh, you, eventually, you eventually managed to kill uh, Thomas. Uh, and the creatures, uh, at which point you scoured the 
place and realized that the reason Thomas had done what he'd done was that he had a crush on the girl that um, uh, the Vino Farms daughter was seeing. And after she had rebuffed him, uh, he had decided to basically get rid of her in order to increase his odds with uh, this other woman, um, which he had no chance with. She was gay. There was no, it was never And also he's doing but, this shit. And also he's doing this shit. Yeah, to be Pretty fair. Pretty big turn off if um, you ask me. Yeah, I personally don't like dating anyone who uh, raises memory lizards that kill people. Not cool, bro. Not cool. Not cool, bro. I actually had a clarification. Also f- did we kill him on purpose mm-hmm. or was it like a, a yes. okay, it wasn't like a who who did it and how? Uh, like I grimacing. believe <laughs> I believe that it was Henry. No, I'm Adler. just laughing oh. that <laughs> I'm just laughing because this is this is a good line of questioning, Jonas, but I just love it. It's that. important because it, sometimes like, it's like, like he had to die for the story, it, but for and the how yeah. did they do it? And explain well, it, it please. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Was it Henrietta and was it painful? <laughs> if it was Henrietta, it was a big sword. Yeah. Was, was, I'm probably. I'm almost positive that you, because Maggie melted his fingers with magic. Oh my so God. That he couldn't really shoot the shotgun anymore. Okay. <laughs> Y'all were brutal. Y'all hey, were listen, brutal. We've been this is good to remember. Yeah. <laughs> we've been shot. Yeah. Are we myriads? I may be wrong. I, I think actually maybe what happened was Henrietta tried to do that. And it didn't work. Like she got her, she got the sword caught in the wall. Cause there's a bunch of failures during that. Yeah. That yeah that there's a whole like fight. And then, and then I think Keely ducked around the corner and sh- you did. Oh. Yeah. Then Keely ducked around the corner and shot in between the eyes. Wow. <laughs> there's, I love the yeah. drama of just like magic, 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 big sword, monster woman, big sword, all just like trying and trying and trying. And then it's just like, the gun. most mortal person with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's cool yep. about Monster of the Week a lot of the time. Okay. Yeah. That's, just, yeah. I mean, hey, um, this show has violence in it. There's violence. There's violence. Just be warned. Yeah. It's kind of gritty. Uh, you, uh, one last thing you, you found um, in the garage where Thomas Bacon had, had um, been raising these creatures is you found these small white pills with a sort of weird, inscription on them that matched the tickets uh and uh um uh realized that they were basically eggs for these memory creatures uh that you could put them in water and like one of those things that you bought in the 90s they would turn into a creature over the course of a couple of days mm-hmm. arc three was Silky and the Solutions. Uh, you all, uh, after leaving town in Geringer um, and inoculating the population with the memory lizard's uh, uh, venom so that they all remembered all of the people who had been missing, uh, got on the road again and made it to the outskirts of Denver where you stopped at a stoplight and saw Henry Sweezel in the car beside you. From VacuCon? Um, from well, from the dirge. From from, from the dirge, right? He's, from he's the dirge, he's not, he wasn't yet at Vacuum. Right. Uh, uh, he he had not seen you, uh, and Maggie realized there was some sort of magical something coming from the trunk of his car. Uh, you followed him, and he pulled into a music venue called the Hades, which had a huge line wrapped wrapping around it because. 
it was a one night only show from uh, a band called Silky and the Solutions. Uh, Silky was a musician who was popular in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, who was sort of infamous for an event where he attacked and almost killed a fan after one of his shows uh, and had sort of fallen out of the spotlight since then. This was sort of a a revival show, uh, one night only, with him before he supposedly retired. Um, Maggie went to investigate the trunk, which she accidentally exploded with magic uh, on a failed roll. And Henrietta and Keeley got in line uh, with the other the other people who were waiting to see the show. Uh, and Keeley met Susanna, who was a woman there to protest uh, Silky's um, uh, comeback, basically. Uh, Keeley and Susanna bonded, and uh, Keeley, Henrietta, Susanna, and Maggie, and Martin. Uh, newly rescued from Geringer, made their way uh, into the venue. Um, y'all, th- there, was, there was basically a series of events where you uh, tried to, you, you were trying to figure out why Henry Sweezel was here uh, and what he might be up to. Uh, Keeley took over bartending for uh, the, the bar because there's only one other bartender who was way, way overworked. And Keeley basically said, I'm going to give you these tickets that we bought on eBay to scalp uh, for $10,000 a pop. Um, You should leave and let me take over here. Uh, She was basically like, okay, cool. Uh, She did a shot from the bar and then uh, left to to go scalp the tickets and go have a night off. Um. Maggie went and got a drink at the bar uh, and you started to realize that there might be something up with the alcohol. There was, there was something strange going on. People were beginning to act more erratic or more, you know, just, just kind of odd. Um, Henry Sweezel, uh, you, you found Henry Sweezel, but he teleported away before you could really figure out what was going on. Uh, and then the next time you saw him was right as the opener of the, uh, the, the show uh, came on stage. And he teleported right behind Maggie, put a hand on her shoulder, and basically said, you're not supposed to be here. Um, the person that came out on stage or the people that came out on stage were uh, a woman y'all had seen going into the venue earlier and someone that Maggie recognized as her uncle Jesse, who uh, had transitioned in the time since she had seen him. Maggie and uncle Jesse sort of like made, you know, chatted about, uh, um, uh, their lives. Maggie like began to get some of her memories of her family back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you all try you and, and she froze Henry Sweezel in place with magic. And because she had taken, because she had drunk some of the alcohol cut one of his arteries uh, and he began to bleed out in the venue before teleporting away. Uh, yeah, I told you y'all were vicious. Well, it's like, so one thing that's interesting is that violence in the system is very volatile. So whenever you like make, whenever you are consciously trying to hurt someone, 
you are prepared to hurt them a lot and get yourself hurt a lot whenever you introduce violence. Yep. So like, and especially with like Maggie and Henrietta, because Maggie's using magic, which is like, it, I, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it is as dangerous and volatile as you might expect from a system where violence in general is that. And then Henrietta like is, I, I, I would think Henrietta is just like kind of a, like instinctually a like creature, a predator creature. Like yeah. she's a leopard seal yeah. specifically, Selkie. So she, I wanted her to be like soft and caring as much as possible. But when it, when she was fighting, I, I didn't hold back unless I had a really, really good reason to for her. So there's, there's yeah. a lot of gr- gruesomeness, I guess, that would come from that. It's funny. I think Henrietta has some of the, some of the like softest, like most tender moments of the entire campaign, and some of the most like Brutal. brutally violent. <laughs> Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for making that happen with all that. Making that happen. Uh, so y'all began to realize there was something up with the alcohol. Uh, Keely, you discovered that uh, Silky, the lead musician of the band that was doing the comeback show, had swapped all of the alcohol in the venue for stuff that he had bought or had brought with him. And you realized that it was laced with uh, tiny, tiny bug eggs, basically, that were getting inside of people. I'm going to put a huge content warning before this episode, by the way, because this is all like, yeah, stuff. We're not the only ones doing gruesome shit. Sam's honestly the worst when it comes to that. (laughs) I mean, this is a horror show. Like it's there's funny stuff in it, but it's the monsters are monsters. They're going to be horrible. And these these little bug eggs got into people through the alcohol and began to basically form cysts along their veins that made it look like Christmas lights, red Christmas lights running down their arms and through their body along their major arterial uh, uh, passageways. Um at this point, we noticed that uh, Maggie was beginning to glow like that and was having a hard time keeping her rage in. And we noticed that Henrietta, uh, who had been cut on some of the bottles that Keeley was attempting to smash against the back wall of the venue, uh, were both beginning to glow this color. Martin, at this point, was, was trying to uh, basically help keep people in. Uh, and we began to see... Uh, the monster actually reveal itself. Uh, rage flies, which were the name of these monsters, begin to tear themselves out of people uh, and form just buzzing, humming, horrible swarms inside of the venue and begin to swirl into a tornado to attempt to perform some sort of magic. Maggie trapped them inside so that hopefully there was no way for them to get out while you all fe- figured out a solution to the problem. Uh, but they they were attempting big magic to escape. Um, uh, the, the people who had not yet erupted in bugs uh, were brought outside by Henrietta, who managed to make them uh, fall asleep uh, or fall into some sort of like trance uh, by by gathering them all in a circle uh and uh to to prevent them from Wait, their rage flies from how did that make them fall asleep you performed mat you like did oh, magic on oh them. that's cool yeah i didn't remember anything yeah. like that cool yeah it was it was actually very you lured them outside by telling them that you that silky was going to sign autographs oh, yeah. and then you all got out there and silky wasn't there and people were like 
what the fuck? And you had uh, Maggie's uncle sign some autographs instead <laughs> uh, just to keep them like faded. Uh, but Keely, uh, you realized that, that um, you know, things were going down. You were needed back inside uh, and you ran back up inside. Um, uh, Maggie and uh, uh, Henrietta, you realized that the only way to deal with these problems uh, uh, was to sort of pull these these bugs out of people and put them somewhere else. Whoa. And Martin... Martin volunteered to be the the basically like the the deposit point for all of these bugs, uh, pulled them into himself, and then you know was like glowing with all of this magical energy. And uh, uh, Henrietta, you were about to use your last luck point uh, in order to basically get rid of these bugs. And Martin showed up and basically said. I'm already done. Like I've already got all these things in me. You should just give the ones you have to me. And that will like, I will go somewhere to prevent them from, from escaping basically. Uh, and Matt, uh, uh, Henrietta, you, you agreed to do that. Transferring them to Martin and, uh, Martin sort of disappearing in a flash, uh, with without any way back or so it seemed um you made your way back into the venue uh and figured out uh, a way to deal with the rage flies that were still like forming this huge tornado swarm in the center by freezing them uh which pretty much instantly killed them these things needed heat in order to stay alive uh and you were able to kill all of them but you realized that one person had left the venue before you could deal with the rage flies inside of them. And that was the bartender that Keeley had taken over for, who had done a shot before leaving the venue. So you all, you all, including Uncle Jesse, uh, piled into the pest control van and drove into downtown Denver, tracking her down to her apartment using Henrietta's new tune into the monster ability. Mm. Uh, and when you arrived, uh, as you pushed the door to her apartment open, you were ambushed again by Henry Sweezel, who uh, shot at you with a shotgun. <laughs> Why are uh, they and was doing attempting that? To... <laughs> it was mostly just Henry Sweezel, uh, I guess, and, and Thomas Bacon, yeah. who was attempting to harvest the ragefly cysts from a now deceased uh, bartender. Um, you all put a stop to that uh, basically um, managing to corner Henry, trap him with magic and then kill him. What? Uh, yes. Who and um, how and why? A basic, <laughs> basically what happened was uh, so, uh, I believe Maggie froze him in place. Then someone, uh, Oh, oh, no, 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 no. What happened was uh, Keely, who still had, if Keely picked up the uh, rage fly things that he had been harvesting into a glass jar and smashed them onto him so that he was now infected with the rage flies. 
Uh, and then one of you shot him or attacked him in a way that incapacitated him. Okay. Uh, and Keeley, with you know, in his last moments, basically walked over to him and said, uh, "You know, you're dying. You have these things in you. You know, tell us: is there anything else we need to worry? Like, are, are you it? Basically, what you know? Is there any? Is there anything else here?" And he was basically like, you'll never stop all of us and attempted to try to teleport you somewhere, Keeley, uh, because you were touching him. But uh, Henrietta managed to uh, tackle him to the ground and teleport into the ocean before that happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the the coldness of the ocean killed the, the rage flies inside of him. Um, a nice snack for my son. I, for I just, child. I just want to say, I, I think I, I remember how I think I remember how we put everyone to sleep. Um, uh, someone made like a potion concoction thing, and Keely yep. uh, told everyone it was Silky's like alcohol, like and for everyone to take a swig or something. And everyone was like, "Yeah, we're gonna party with Silky," and then <laughs> they passed the bottle around and it put everybody to sleep. I, I remember that. Cool. I think that is yeah. correct. That makes sense. I totally think that's right. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember Henry having powers to do that, but a potion makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, at this point, Henrietta revealed to Maggie, Keely, and Uncle Jesse that Martin had was gone. Um, she didn't know for sure if he was dead, but it didn't appear that there was any way to, to connect with him. Uh, and so functionally, he was as far as any of you knew, uh, dead. Well, Henrietta had the ability to teleport to anyone she knows well. So either she didn't know him well right. anymore or he, there was no one to teleport to. Right. Or something exactly. else. Um, Keely, uh, sort of despondent over um, Martin's death, uh, had Henrietta teleport her to the ruins of the Dirge where she made her first video. Uh, this video was basically saying, um, you know, there are monsters all around you. We've been to, you know, uh, basically every stop that we've made along our trip so far, there has been some sort of monster or, or creature or, you know, dark presence. Uh, and so if it's, we don't, I don't think it is just us. I think it is everywhere. Uh, and basically asked people to to investigate more and to be aware that there were uh, magical creatures around and told them that the reason that they were all alive right now was because of the Chosen One. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's, that's any, nice. Any thoughts on Arc 3? <laughs> uh, that, that video, by the way, not Keeley's main video. We'll yeah. get to that. That's funny that I did it that early. That's I yeah. can't, I can't, I didn't remember doing it like for the Silky and Solutions arc. Um, but that mm -hmm. makes sense because that was about when I took um, the move that plays out in the final episode. Uh, Keely, you took the gumshoe move, the long goodbye. Yes. yes. Which says you can't die with an open case. Specifically, you suffer harm as normal. But your death is postponed until either after you have completed the case or broken your code. Then all bets are off. And the code that you took 
was, I will tell everyone in harm's way the truth about the world. Yeah, and the further we get along, the the more it, it was obvious to me as a player that, like, to Keeley as a character, if you presume that the world is in danger, you have to tell everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. And Keely had pretty yep. solid evidence. Yeah. Keely is very much an intellectual too. That's an aspect that may not have been oh, yeah. specifically yes. mentioned. Yeah. But Keely is like an, an intellectual yeah. and an academic. Yeah. Academic, yeah. A yeah. Doctor, right? I mean like 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 I uh, think PhD? so, maybe. I think Keely had a PhD. You, I think you end up with an honorary okay, doctorate cool, cool, from cool, cool. somewhere, but I don't okay. think you went in I don't think you were originally yes. a doctor. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Doctor. Um the other big thing that happens at the end of arc three, the other huge uh, change at the end of arc three was in the very final moments of the last episode of the arc, we introduce Jamie, uh, Henrietta's eldest son. <laughs> oh, shit, uh, yeah. We had seen momentarily in a flashback the night that Henrietta ended up leaving the sailor, leaving, leaving the sailor and leaving her kids behind with him. Uh, we saw her with uh, her two children, Jamie, who was um, sort of a, a teenager, um, Six, and Jojo. Yeah. He was in or, the flashback, I think oh, he was 13, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, in the yeah. game, I think he was 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Jojo, who was basically a, a baby. Um, and I think that is also where we finally confirmed that the sailor was just like a, just like a guy who worked on ships. Mm-hmm. And like he like I, I think specifically we said he worked on like uh, long haul um, like shipping container kind of ships. Mm-hmm. So he was gone for extended periods of time. Uh, but uh, Henrietta had finally managed to find her skin, uh, which was the thing that he had kept from her in order to to keep her around uh, and uh, left, um, leaving Jamie and Jojo behind. Um, so Jamie had arrived and I got to say, Jonas, it is an all timer ending to an episode <laughs> because I throw to you, I, I, I'm basically like, oh, there's someone like le- Maggie's walk, like walking back out of the van and there's someone like leaning up against the van. And I, I was basically like, Jonas, what do they say? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what does Jamie say? And you, and you said, you said as Jamie, so you know anything about monsters? <laughs> <laughs> Which was a- absolutely killed during the recording and is still one of maybe the funniest moments of the whole show, I think. Because y'all had just gotten done, like, getting the shit kicked out of you and, like, having this huge emotional, like, moment. And <laughs> it's just Jamie being like, yeah, what's up? It's like, uh, I was, was, so Jamie's a teenager who had been spending, like, at least months Driving across the country, trying to find his mom and thinking about what yeah. cool thing he was going to say to her after all of this time. And that's what it was. That was his cool one liner that he said to his mom and apparently uh, her cool friend. Well, his mom did, wasn't even there. Oh, no. It was just Maggie at first. Sure. Okay, gotcha. It was just Maggie because Henrietta was Henrietta had teleported Keely to the dirge. Sure. So just Maggie walked out there and he was like, uh, anyway. Jamie is a very like Jane in my head. Jamie is like a, one of those teenagers who thinks he's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like 30 looks back and is like, Oh my God, I was like a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was like messing around on my computer all the time. And like, yeah, whatever. 
um, in a good way. But I think it's that just, he like I, I think I he puts think on an funny. air of sometimes of just yeah he like wants to yeah. seem cool, but can't. But yeah. later will realize what he just already does is cool enough. Like yeah 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 totally. Uh, arc number four starts with y'all back on the road. You start the arc with a phone call from the police who basically want to talk to you, Kiwi, because they are pretty sure that you are somehow connected with the collapse of the dirge and the death of several of the guests. Uh, And you manage to convince them not to bring you in to, to have you interrogated until after you deal with the other thing that you're investigating, which is Jamie's revelation that Jojo, Henrietta's youngest child, is being kept at a myriad preschool, basically, out in the Nevada desert. And this is Mrs. Montessori or whatever, right? Yes, this is arc number four, Mrs. Montessori. That's M.R.S. So you arrive at the school in the Nevada desert uh, and you... are kind of immediately attacked by, or, or the, the tires are cut, are slashed, uh, and you make your way inside and realize that all of the kids are like hiding, uh, and they are the ones who slash your tires, and um, you manage to get them on your side, and they reveal to you that uh, they're the, the person who has been taking care of them, a woman named Mrs. Oshana, went missing and is now exclusively talking to them in their heads. Um, there were, let me, let me introduce some of those kids. Cause there were quite a few. Of and them. I just want to be, I just want to, I just want to hear because like Sam can't be here to say it. Uh, but in this arc, especially Maggie, like really shows a strength oh, yeah. in like oh, yeah. in handling children that is like very sweet to them and is like pr- probably the only reason they opened up to the main characters at all, like our player characters. Completely. Like, Completely. Yeah. It just like does an incredible job of getting the kids to trust her at least and us. And yeah, yeah. That, and that's like a big thing Which, that I want to say about Sam as like a player as well. Just very, very grounded, very sweet, just super cool. Totally. In in my head, I mean, I, I think Maggie and or sorry, I think I think Keely and Henrietta have some huge moments in this arc in particular. But I think this is Maggie's arc. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is the arc we really see Maggie on like full display. And, and it's especially endearing to see Maggie be so kind with the children, because in the last arc, we had seen a flashback with her family and specifically her uh, sort of elderly grandmother who was like, just like not didn't seem like she had never really spent the time to get to know Maggie and was pretty much exclusively focused on running the coven and on getting Maggie to start her own coven uh, and the complicated relationship with that and with Maggie's mother uh, who was was very kind but was um, very worried about Maggie heading out on her own. What were you going to say Jonas? I was just I was going to say and Jamie was there. Jamie was there yes, just trying yes. to help where he could. Yes. I mean, ja- a big arc for Jamie, too, frankly. Some, There's some well, stuff, yeah. We'll get there. For sure. But, 
but it was um, so the kids, the kids that were there, uh, I'm just going to quickly read, read through their names and the type of myriad that they were just so we have it um, to reference. There was Megan Lusk, a harpy, Amaruk, who was an adlet, which is a sort of an, an Inuit type of sort of half werewolf, uh, a creature with the upper half of a human and the lower half of a dog. Um, there was Isaac Shirok, who was a vampire that we didn't see basically until right at the end of the arc because he was asleep during the daytime. There was uh, Chelsea Shells Rodifer, who was a dryad. Uh, Luca Hall, who was a pair of uh, twins, one of whom was human and one of whom was a doppelganger. Uh, Mishita Riley, who's a... a Rocky Rakubi, uh, which is basically a type of Japanese cryptid um, who can like remove their head, like they they can remove their head from the body and still have full control over their body and their head. Uh, Ahmed Holmgarson, who was a uh, uh, giant, and the other kid who was here, the other notable kid <laughs> that was here was Jojo. Uh, Henrietta's yeah. youngest child, uh, who the sailor had given to the uh, the two misses mm-hmm. in order to raise while he was off doing other stuff, um, which revealed a connection between uh, the sailor and misses for the first time. So uh, it, it, at, at the Montessori school, uh, y'all basically made friends with all of the kids and were trying to get to the bottom of what exactly was happening here. And what you realized was that there was a ghost that was animating objects here uh, who had um, basically t- trapped uh, Joyce O'Shauna, the, the person who ran this place out of this uh, Montessori school and was holding these kids like captive because it wanted to kill Joyce to get her powers because it turned out that Joyce was an oracle. Uh, And the ghost was an assassin working for a little company called VacuCon. Wrong sound. And was attempting to basically... Um, get the powers of the Oracle for VacuCon so that they could anticipate anything that would uh, try to stop whatever they were planning. Um, y'all, there, there was a lot of back and forth of trying to like figure out how to kill this ghost. You basically realized that there was a specific thing that it was tied to, a piece of petalite stone uh, that was in a... Uh, uh, um, uh, like a thermos with a photovoltaic battery attached to it uh, up on the roof. And the while the ghost itself could be banished or, or killed or whatever, it would always come back out of that thermos after a certain amount of time, unless the petalite was destroyed. Uh, so there was back and forth. Y'all were, were trying to deal with this thing, trying to protect the kids, uh, trying to make sure that it didn't get its hands on Joyce O'Shauna's powers um, and ending with a sort of climactic uh, uh, moment where uh, Jamie was being um, crushed to death by this thing's hand. 
Um, Keely was out with the kids in the van trying to get them to safety. Um, Maggie was with uh, Miss Oshana down in the tunnels. Uh, uh, and um, Jamie was attempting to, on the roof, was attempting to destroy the pedalite. Um, it There was a, a, a very tense moment where one of the kids was stabbed uh, by a knife um, and seemed like she was going to die. Uh, but she was um, brought, basically healed um, you, by Keeley's magic. However... Keely, this spell, because it was big magic to basically revive this kid, uh, one of the, the the consequence of this spell was that Keely could no longer perform magic after that point. Um, and that Did, you you as a player were forced to take a new weird move. Also, just so it's clear up to this point, like Keely, Keely didn't know she had magic. And in the first arc, she mm -hmm. kind of like through doing magic with Maggie realized that she mm -hmm. could kind of. Right. And then mm -hmm. lightly did bit. magic here and there throughout the show and was super stoked on it because she was like, I've studied mm -hmm. magic my whole life and have never been able to do it. This is amazing. So it, it was a pretty right. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a, a huge yeah. deal. Um, uh, and down in the tunnels underneath of this uh, Montessori school, um, Joyce O'Shana was was you know basically told Maggie that there was there was no way for her to continue, and revealed to Maggie that the way the power of the Oracle works is that it passes to the person that kills you, basically. And that she had gotten it from her uh, daughter who was with her in a fatal car accident um, that had that had, where she was driving and her daughter had um, had passed away. Uh, and the the Oracle, you know, power went into her. Um, and after being fatally wounded down in the tunnels, she told Maggie, you should kill me. Um at the very least, uh, the power will go to you and you will have more time to deal with this creature, uh, this ghost assassin um, before, you know, before it, it. So so this power does not go to it. Uh, Maggie agreed, uh, killed Joyce Oshana in the in the kindest way that she could um, and assumed the powers of the Oracle. I want to say killing her in the kindest way that she could. That is a first for uh, season one, I think, at that point. As we've gone over, I think everyone else we've killed has not been in the kindest way possible. <laughs> no. Not remotely. Well, no one else deserved it, you know? <laughs> this, um, fair enough. Uh, Jamie, uh, who, was, who was on the verge of death, uh, who was about to be killed, I was ready for also that. made a deal with... Oh, Isaac Sherrock. That's right. That's how vampire kid. Uh, <laughs> who basically sorry, just Jamie's vampire who, lord being a kid. Continue. <laughs> who basically offered to turn you into a vampire permanently and change your playbook to the monstrous in exchange for healing you. Uh, Jamie agreed. Was turned into a vampire. Uh, and then made it up to the roof where y'all destroyed the petalite and banished the ghost assassin. Keely 
had also called in reinforcements in the form of the police officers uh, who uh, had tried to get her to come in at the beginning of the arc, um, who ended up showing up uh, and taking her into custody in preparation for the final arc. Uh, basically um, inter- interviewing her about her relationship with the with the dirge, the co- uh, the collapse of the dirge, and with this this new place. Um, and that is how you all got out of there because at this point, the pest control van was Destroyed. out of commission. Uh, there, there was also um, this is where Keely learned that that she may be a chosen. Because right. she came across like some information inside of um, Joyce's vault or whatever the Oracle. The Oracle had penned a, a, a had cr- put a letter on a laptop or something for Keeley specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Keeley read the letter, and it was and it was basically saying like some of the most important chosen ones are the ones who choose themselves or something. Mm-hmm. And yep. and basically implying that because Keeley had very quickly from the dirge been determined to go on this journey to uncover this new world that she had always been in love with but never had proof of and and moving forward with Martin and the rest of them had had effectively chosen to be a chosen uh in in that moment. And so mm-hmm. I remember that arc ending with uh Keely penning a, a note for Joyce that Joyce read in the past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joyce basically received that letter in a dream in the night. Yes. Oh oracles. <laughs> um Oh, oracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to belabor this, but I just remembered getting getting the note uh from her, like as a as a player, made me cry. Like, and it was just very, very mm-hmm. emotional and moving. And I remember just it being so fucking good. The 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 letter or whatever at the end as well, like in return. It just like felt so good. It's like it's those, it's one of those moments. You know, that happened all over the series. And that's why that's why I'm not going to get into this too much. But it's just like it someone someone not only playing at like the top of their abilities, but creating a space so comfortable and safe for you that you can feel vulnerable enough to make the biggest moves that you can. And and to just know that not only is that person going to support you in a way and make like your ideas feel incredible, but like. You, you're so in character or you're so like trusted at the table that you just let your mouth go and you just you just mm-hmm. let you trust yourself yeah, you trust yourself like if if you're at yeah. a table where you can tell everybody is is like going to go as far out of their way as possible to make you look so good it gives you the freedom yeah. to do that for yourself and that's like that's what a lot of this series felt like for me and especially in mm-hmm. like these moments. At some point in all this, it, it, it may have been, I feel like it might have been near the end of Arc 4 while other stuff was happening, um, or it may have been somewhere in Arc 5. Henrietta did, uh, using her ability to teleport to someone she knows well, teleport to the sailor, uh, Jordan. Um, and uh, he ended up trapping her in basically a, 
a myriad-proof cell at the Mrs. facility, which she did get out of, and I think she Lynn helped her out of it. Um, mm, the, uh, yeah, she yeah, Lynn let her out. That sounds right. Um, so somewhere around all of this, between like this stuff and the bulk of Act Five. Uh, at the very least, did you create your like under the ocean hideaway like at this point? That might have been mentioned earlier, but I guess it's worth bringing up now that yeah, she had this like. That's haven. where you ended up Actually, no. taking JoJo at the end. Yeah, yes. that's right. She has yeah. yeah, she has a little cave that is mechanically a what's it called a hideout in the game. I think you might have been right um, that right. it's a haven, it's a, honestly, a layer? Haven. Oh, haven. haven. Yeah, yeah haven. I think haven you were right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so her yep. She has this little like sea cave, basically, that is her haven, and it's also where she stores her swords when she teleports and comes back with it. Um, oh yeah, we should mention that uh, Henrietta also has a sword that has some sort of like life to it or resonance with her, uh, and seem to seems to be able to kind of like pull her in certain directions or towards certain outcomes. Keely, at the end of arc four, you posted your your magnum opus uh a video basically revealing to everyone that monsters and magic were real that went viral oh yes that's uh, right <laughs> i be- we rolled for it because i i wanted to see how far the reach was and i believe that we said your video ended up having a trillion views <laughs> an which- absurd number <laughs> An absurd number because I think you rolled yeah, a twelve, yeah, yeah. Uh, or some ridiculous something ridiculous on it, um, and you basically turned into a celebrity mm-hmm. overnight, uh, and the whole world came to know that myriads uh, or or supernatural creatures lived amongst people. Um, so the rest of Arc Five is is with that in mind. Arc Five. The very final arc of the first season. Uh, this arc is called Vacation. <laughs> Vacation, uh, what I really wanted. The arc opens not on our main characters, but actually on everybody playing someone new. Jonas was playing Z Hemingway, who we had last seen oh. in Geringer, uh, a skateboarder on the on top of the Geringer Diner. William was playing Susanna the woman that uh, they had run into in the line for Silky and the Solutions. And Sam was playing Megan, the harpy who had almost died in the events of arc four. Um, You four or you three were basically, uh, (laughs) you were, you were at the dirge for uh, a presentation that was going on for some sort of unveiling of something. And we're, we're sort of talking about Keeley's newest video revealing all of this. They'd all kind of found each other and re- realized that they were connected through their interactions with the rest of the hunters. Um, you all received, you three received uh, invitations to VacuCon 2019 which was a cruise that was leaving from California, from the West Coast. Uh, And uh, I I basically offered you the choice of staying at the dirge to deal with whatever VacuCon was up to here or going to uh, that going, taking these tickets and going 
on the ship. Uh, and I believe the what we decided was Z ended up going on the ship and Susanna stayed behind in order to watch after everything that was going on at the dirge. Really, really brief encapsulation of this arc. Keeley gets picked up by the police. They question her, but she is ultimately let go because she is now a celebrity. Uh, everyone makes their way onto this ship for VacuCon called the HMS Marionette. Mm -hmm. And you all begin to try to get to the bottom of what is going on. You realize that a bunch of the people on this ship are members of VacuCon and that they are planning something spearheaded by a figure called the Speaker, who was this sort of enigmatic figure who who uh, none of you could really seem to remember. He seemed to be using some of the elements of the memory lizards from Garinger to prevent people from, from like recognizing him and knowing who he was. Um, and he seemed to have a plan for everything. Uh, he announced that there would be a, um, uh, that the that VacuCon was basically about to blow up, about to like make this huge uh, um, sale or acquisition or something along those lines. Um, and Henrietta uh, killed him um, with a sword. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, followed him off stage after his presentation and killed him. Um, which was, that's just like what we've learned to great. do as a, as pest control, you know, like, um, y'all also realized as you were getting on the boat that some of the people here were Martin's family. Uh, Martin's right. family had been invited onto oh the my boat. God. Uh, and uh, we're very curious to talk to you, Keely, mm -hmm. uh, because you had mentioned his name in your video, uh, and right. and they wanted to sort of know if you knew their son. Um, things really kicked into gear. Maggie realized that her shitty witch coven cousins were here, uh, and her the ghost of her grandmother that she had never gotten along with began to haunt her and warn her of something that was coming. And then the sky ripped open and all fucking shit broke loose. Uh, a creature known as fate began to move towards this portal, the, the like the other side of this portal, and it started sending these creatures called shadows along through the portal ahead of it that basically were like had particular targets each one of them were like following particular targets on the ship and would like basically pull them apart piecemeal and stick elements of them into their own form so some of them had like teeth or eyes or ears or things just kind of stuck into these shadowy frames and they were hunting individual people across the boat you also fought this big uh, werewolf, the speaker's bodyguard, basically, this big werewolf guy that Keely took out with this amazing move where she said she uh, pulled a silver bullet out of her heel. There's a move called preparedness, which says you roll and it determines if you have something on you. Uh, and she rolled really well, pulled a silver bullet out of her heel and just straight up shot this werewolf. Uh, it was so cool. It was like one of the coolest moments of the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, 
Real silver Y'all bullet fought- moment. Real silver bullet moment. Y'all fought back against all of these creatures uh, and about uh, and against fate. You realized you could not kill fate itself. That you, in fact you needed to just close the portal because there was there was just no way to kill this thing. Personally, and that was when Jojo was was tasked with like slowing it down, right? Yes, Jojo assumed their final form as the Pacific <laughs> Leviathan. <laughs> Um, by taking Henrietta's sword and bonding with it. Uh, And it turned out that Jojo was basically a god of the sea. Yeah, I think that I I, I tend to be kind of a-literal with like big kind of magic stuff like that and try to leave room for like like interpretation, like a tale. But I think if anything, there is is like this idea of Jojo, the the baby, the child being kind of like part of the rebirth process of the Leviathan and the job being part yes. of it too. Like you need you need a living soul with some sort of body and some like major part of the last Leviathan form or something like that. So there is yes. this like yes. connection between them. But it was never quite so specified. It's just kind of there's implications. Yeah. yeah. Keely, you know, began to fight back, basically got everyone on the ship into the theater and locked the doors so that no one was leaving. So you could protect everyone. Uh, You all, you know, were fighting back against this thing. Maggie realized that her witch coven cousins had crafted this uh, magic cauldron in order to keep everyone here and had laced all of the drinks and food on board to make sure that everyone that no one was allowed to leave the uh, the ship because VacuCon, all of their people evacuated using uh, <laughs> they evacuated using the same items that we had seen Henry Sweezel use to teleport around, and they were essentially leaving all of these innocent civilians and their enemies on this boat to be killed by fate as a way to convince the world that supernatural creatures were evil and the enemy and needed to be hunted down so that they could sell them anything they would need to do that. Uh, There was one final presentation by the speaker after he was killed that basically revealed this whole plot, said monster hunting equipment is now in all of the Walmarts and Targets and anywhere you would need to buy it immediately. It's available right now and showed grainy video of Henrietta killing him as further evidence that myriads could not be trusted. Uh, that I think that was the intro to the final, uh, the final episode. Uh, uh, God that, damn. That video. <laughs> uh, um, That's pretty fucked up, Sam. I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> it was pretty fucked up. What? You know what? It was pretty fucked up. You think yeah. that's fucked up? The um, fucking werewolf comes back out of nowhere and shoots me a bunch. <laughs> yeah, the werewolf does come back. Yep. The werewolf makes it back. Maggie goes up against her cousins, manages to kill all three of them with Henrietta and Jamie's help. Uh, Jamie ends up turning a professor aboard the ship who was almost killed by one of the shadows into a vampire who gets a shout out in the intro for the first episode of season two. So watch out for that. Wait. And Maggie manages to destroy this cauldron and allow everyone to go free. However, the hunters realize that they no longer have time to evacuate everyone from the boat. So they need to do something now. And 
they decide they're going to perform big magic to open a new portal just in front of the portal that fate is coming through. However, to do that big magic, they need to kill someone who is not yet ready to die. And there is implication in the episode. Keeley tells everyone, I am going to summon Martin here. Uh, and we are from wherever he is. He had sort of reached out. He'd ended up giving Henrietta his sword from wherever he was. Right. Uh, which made, which allowed you to recognize that he was still alive. And Keeley was basically like, I am going to bring him here and kill him because he's already functionally dead and allow, you know, that, that will allow us to survive. Keeley uh, has a final confrontation with this werewolf who ends up uh, dealing her way more damage than a hunter can take. I believe you got up to 12 yeah, it was something harm like that. at 12 one point. Or even 14. You just kept yeah. taking harm, kept taking harm, kept taking harm. Uh, and uh, in this very last moment, after dealing with that werewolf, you all performed this big magic and summoned Martin back onto the stage in front of everyone. He got to say a brief goodbye to his parents, and then Keeley told him, I need you to kill me. At which point, Martin basically said, I know how this works. I know how this ritual works. Um, if you want to die, it can't be you. Uh, and Keeley said, I don't want to die. And Martin said, Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually think he said, I think he said that makes yeah. two of us mm -hmm. and he stabs himself through the heart, um, dies on the stage and the portal opens and fate walks through it and it closes behind it. The last moments of the, of the campaign, we see Keely, uh, dying, uh, on the on the edge of the boat as she spends her last moments with her friends, Henrietta, Maggie, and Jamie. Um, she offers them some advice and then asks Henrietta to take her to go see her parents. Uh, and that is where we leave her. Uh, then we see Henrietta uh, in, in a, a lake somewhere, um, frolicking with her selkie wife uh, and making friends with the uh, Loch Ness monster <laughs> who had been transported there. Thanks to Mrs. Mm -hmm. uh, we see Jamie now a vigilante vampire uh, who remind me, Jonas, where, where did he, end I up? believe French Canada. It may have been Montreal or Quebec. Okay. Yeah. He ended up in, in French Canada sort of as the Batman analog. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was the, the gumshoe. So he was a detective turned into a vampire. He, he's, you mm -hmm. know, he's just using his powers to fight crime. He's, he's, he's trying to stop people taking advantage of this chaotic world that knows about monsters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw, uh, Maggie, she starts a new, uh, myriad school and sort of becomes the new, teacher for all of these uh these young myriads including megan and z and uh, i think it is a mix now of myriads and humans who would like to learn magic um because keely proved anyone can do it and that's where we left the the first season that that is that's it Actually, I didn't want to ask that. Uh, so sorry. Is that is that William like or, and Sam like? Can anyone in our world 
concept like feasibly do magic potentially, or was there something about Keely specifically that made her one of the people who's tapped into it? Anyone can. Cool. Anyone can. Okay. There are people who can't, but any but anyone broadly anyone right. Can. There's no metachlorians needed, but like you can be shut off from yeah. it. No, I absolutely do not want our world is not a a fucking like blood purity world uh-huh. where you have to have the right combination of genes to fucking use magic. Go fuck yourself, JK Rowling. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Also Star Wars. <laughs> also Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Also most of the chosen one stories yeah, in yeah, yeah. the world. Yeah. I, no, I mean, they're fun. I, they're there's fun. value in those stories, but, but yeah. in our world, that's not how also, it works. It's, it's so funny too. Like I was, I was prepared for, you know, like hearing the pieces of the ending again and everything, but even like just like in the generalized recapping that we're doing, it was like I was getting a little emotional, like rehearing that, like the mm-hmm. final stuff again. It's just it was just such a totally, it was just yeah. such a gift getting to like tell that story and play that character. It was. Yeah, I agree. It, it was such a it was such a nice show. I mean, you can obviously you can tell in those in the live streams like we are all super misty eyed. There's one point we stand up and all <laughs> hug each other. And that was just like, we, it was just like, yeah, that was, it was, I think that story was really important to all of us. Um, and, and really like, um, something we're all proud of, or, or I hope you all are. I'm certainly yeah, proud, absolutely. Of it. Literally else is proud of why them. we're back because yeah, I, would, literally I for some reason was going back purely through like certain moments, certain episodes and like watching them, in pieces and then uh, reading some of the comments and just seeing how important it was to like some of the people like Laura um, I w- yeah, and, Ray, and Ray, like some of the people who are good friends of ours now and who we collaborate with and you know, they, they do right. $2 creature feature, but uh, just like seeing how important it was not only to us, like it, it felt like a big deal to me to be playing it and it and it was really gratifying to go back and see that it it seemed like a big deal to other people just like who like tabletop but also who like storytelling and like good characters and good story uh yeah so i just got overwhelmed with like the feeling of uh remembering what that was like and and wanting to see these people again and i i emailed everyone and i was like i think it's time to come back <laughs> I feel like doing this second season is just as much an excuse to see each other on a regular basis again, mm-hmm. as it is to follow up this story. And, and I do take very seriously the idea of following up this story. I, nothing, I, I think there is a, I find in myself sometimes that nostalgia can be a negative force that you can, value something that you did or that you 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 know that someone else did so much that it blinds you to other things that you could love if you could you know open your heart to them and i am taking very seriously the concept that we are opening a book that we said was closed uh and uh attempting to write another chapter or or write a a little bit more of that story in this same world and i have to say i'm i'm really nervous about it but i'm also just so excited like i'm just and and the idea that that y'all that you william and and 
all of you were on board to come back and do another season was so was the only way I would have done it. I don't think I could have reached out to you and tried to do another season. It just wouldn't have felt to me like I, I would have I would have worried that I was dragging everyone along with me. Sure. Oh, I've always wanted to do more yeah. of this. Yeah. 15 was me too. Now. I mean, I think yeah. that's I think that's the thing. We all have. We all have. But it took a while. Yeah. And obviously the I mean, not to get too serious, but like the coronavirus pandemic shut down our like streaming practice. Like we had all been streaming together for three yeah, years straight. That, yeah. We we had, mm-hmm. we had a we had another full show that I mean effectively is like on an indefinite hiatus now that we never got to like finish the yeah. story for. We we like to to yeah. which again, I mean like yeah, I would love to get back to that eventually, but you know, life is like so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, like life has changed pretty significantly, at least for all of us, I think no one, when we were doing that first show, I mean, I hope no one, otherwise I wish you'd have warned me. No one was prepared for the pandemic and and for what that would mean for all of us. Um, I mean, I think you can see that in a lot of the early pandemic streams that we tried to do with, with, um, uh, hijinks in yeah. Dungeon World? Hij- hijinks in the End. It? Yeah. Uh, which I, I think we were all like, oh, this is temporary. Yeah. Oh, we can kind of do a side story for a couple weeks and, and you know, then I'll get back to normal. And I know that is a story that is, you know, as trite as time now because everyone has the same story of thinking that it would be, or, you know, everyone who's not an epidemiologist has the same story of thinking it would be two weeks or a month and then going back to life as is. Um and and also just personally, I have to say my my life has uh my life has changed in other ways too. Like I uh met someone and fell in love uh right as we were finishing that show and we now have sorry we now have moved in together uh and are on the path to a life together and that is that is really um that's that i mean that's really important to me and i also think it's just changed my life in in a lot of ways, big and small. Oh my God. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, big and small. Uh-huh. Um, and, and changed some of what I was thinking about when I was thinking about a second season too. Um, changed some of the stories that I'm interested in. Um, and I think this second season is going to be different. I hope it is going to be different. I think it deserves to be different. But I hope that people end up loving it in the same way that they love the first one. I think I think that's a good place to end this recap. If that, yeah, I think that's that's great. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this recap, uh, for for coming along with us on the first season. If you did that, or for looking forward to the new season, we are so so excited to be launching. Uh, this this new season uh, we have so much in store for it and the new characters fucking rock 
They are so Can good we tease a little bit since uh, we're expecting people to listen to this before the second season sometimes? Okay. Or? Okay. You can tease a little bit and I will tease, I'll tease Sammy's. Okay. Okay, I will, I will, I will tease that uh, where season one was the sea for me, season two is the moon. And then I will tease uh, a a character you wouldn't expect is the, is the inspiration for uh, my my current <laughs> character, and a character from season one is is uh, that you wouldn't expect is the inspiration for my current character. Sammy's character, the tease I will give for her is if you enjoyed Henrietta's big sword in season one, <laughs> there's more where that came from. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm so glad. Oh, great. All Thanks, right. everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you so yeah. much for listening. Uh, so we will see you in season two. Also, if this is the only episode of our podcast that you ever listened to, how interesting. How interesting. <laughs> what an interesting. interesting way to consume podcasts. We'll see you uh, in the recap for season two. <laughs> mm. oh. You can mm. find us on Twitter at Pest Control Pod. And mm. you can find me on Twitter at Laggardson, L-A-G-G-A-R-D-S-O-N. Come talk about the show. I would love to talk to you about season one. I would love to talk to you about season two once it gets rolling. Uh, share theories. You know, I think we're going to have a Discord too. So if you want to hop on there and chat with us about the show, um, I, I know I would love that. And I'm sure the the cast would as well. Uh, William, do you want to plug yourself and anything you're working yeah, on? Yeah, uh, I'm William. And you can find me on socials at KWilliamWhite. And I also, you know, do some other tabletop stuff here and there, whatever. But uh, I do the music for this podcast with Jonas. Yeah. Together we, jo- mm-hmm. uh, Jonas and I are composing like all of the music for it and like, doing that and we are in a band together as well separate from this glass podcast beach. called glass beach and you can find glass beach. Uh, glass beach on socials at glass beach band pretty much everywhere or uh, and on all of the places that you can listen to music it's just glass beach we our biggest thing that we have out at, at this current moment is the first glass beach album which is what the album is called and, uh, and we have more music coming. And while when depending on when you listen to this, there might be another album out. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, this, yeah, yes, this will come out. This will come out this month. Oh well, I then it, a, a little. Oh, well, probably, probably not. Then. Not, <laughs> not in the near future, but uh, soon, soonish. If you're listening to yeah. this years from now, it, it might there mm-hmm. might be more yeah, than say, another. Let me say, if you're listening to this year from now, there's, pro- there's probably a second album. Okay, well, there All you right. go. Wow. Um, also, I just want to duck in here. The, the new intro fucking rips, and you're going to love it so much. Uh, Jonas William composed it. Uh, Jonas. They've been working on it. Most Jonas, they've been working oh, on it really, really hard <laughs> for the last couple months. It, it fucking rules. You're going to love it. Trust me. Okay, Jonas. Yeah. Um, first, I'll, I'll say Sam. Uh, other, other Sam, player Sam, is uh, at Mossy Pixel across the internet. Uh, they do streaming as well on Twitch and... Uh, and are also an artist. And my name is Jonas. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Jonas Newhouse occasionally. Uh, and I, I'm also in Glass Beach to make the music for the show, like William said. That's and that, that's that's all. That's all I wrote. Love it. Thank you so much. We'll see you in season two. Bye. <laughs> see you in Norfolk. Bye. See it. Oh, see you in Norfolk. Final wow. tease. Final tease. For those who listen to the end, everyone stayed for the credits.